So this morning, uh, I want to share with you um, a, a sermon from the Gospel of John, John chapter 21. And, you know, one of the great things about the Gospel is a reminder that God can make all things new again. And uh, as we, Seth did a great job uh, last Sunday um, from the beginning of John's Gospel. And this morning we're going to look at how the Gospel ends uh, as we start a, a new series called Fresh Starts. And I'm thankful that God is one that is able to give us fresh starts. And the reality is that all of us at various times in our life, not just once, not just twice, but many, many times throughout our life, need to come to God and ask Him to give us a fresh start. Um, and so you perhaps see on the wall behind me my Titans um, poster on the wall. Um, and you know that I, I like the Tennessee Titans. And they're actually having a fairly good year this year. I've been a Titans fan since they came to Tennessee when I was in Bible college. Uh, and have just followed them through, through the years. And, uh, you know, some days uh, they win, and, and that's really good and exciting. Uh, especially when uh, I'm able to watch them on TV, which uh, down this way doesn't happen very often. But the reality is that we also all have uh, teams, every team has uh, times when uh, they lose. Uh, and that's a, a much different feeling when you lose, and yet when your team loses, you don't stop being a part of that team. Uh, you continue to be part of that team um, and are reminded of your identity. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we talk about the skin of the gospel, that the disciples had seen uh, Jesus crucified um, and resurrected, but they're still a little distraught that things didn't turn out the way uh, that they expected and the way they thought. Um, that they would. How often do we miss what God wants to do in our life because uh, we are so set in our ways and we have God in our little box and we miss what God is trying uh, to do uh, in us and through us. And so I hope that's what we'll see uh, today. Let's take a look uh, at the scriptures this morning. John chapter 21 verse 1 says, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, We are going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And so they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. 
Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, who was John, who is writing this gospel, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, one hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend to my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. What a wonderful uh, and great reminder of the truth of the gospel we find in this wonderful story of restoration. That Jesus had appeared to the disciples. They knew that Jesus was not dead, that he was risen from the dead, and yet they did not catch that their mission was not over. Um, and so they um, decided they were going to go fishing. Now some suppose that this meant that they were going back to their old life. I don't think that necessarily is implied or part of the story. I think they just uh, found fishing relaxing and um, that they, they knew that and they just wanted time to kind of decompress. Uh, and so they went fishing. But remember, it was a losing fishing trip. They fished all night and didn't find a thing. Um, and that's important that we remember uh, that part of the story. There's a few things that I want us to note and to remember from uh, this uh, part of the end of the Gospel of John. And the first thing is this, that we need to remember and know that Jesus knows 
where we are. We don't know where Jesus had been from the time that he had appeared before his disciples because he left and they decide that they're going to go fishing on a, a fishing trip. But Jesus does know where his disciples are and meets them. And Mark records for us another instance when the disciples thought Jesus was unaware of where they were. He sent them across the lake and he stayed behind and went up on a mountain to pray. And that's the story where the wind was contrary and uh, the, remember Mark tells us the disciples thought that Jesus had forgotten about them and you know, sent them kind of uh, to, to their death because they saw this figure that looked like a ghost come walking on the water um, just before, you know, in the middle of the night and, and so they were kind of freaked out about that and you remember that Jesus gave them a message you remember what he said? He said, peace, do not be afraid, it is I and you remember Peter's response? Peter's response was, Lord, if it's you, call me, call me to come to you. And Jesus said, come and remember what Peter did. Peter jumped out of the boat and he walked on water. The only human being to ever do that. But you remember what happened? The, remember the winds were you know, heavy that day. They were strong. And so the waves were big. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. But when he put his eyes on the waves, he began to sink. And remember what he did? He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched his hand out and rescued Peter. And they were on the boat. And when they got on the boat, the wind instantly stopped. Certainly, that should be in, in our mind that we need to remember that Jesus knows exactly where we are. Jesus knew that these disciples, uh, eight or nine of them, uh, had gone on this fishing trip with Peter. And so, and asked them, hey, um, do you have... Um, they, Jesus again stood there. They didn't recognize it was Jesus. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize that it was Jesus until later in the story. So Jesus said, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. It's important that we remember that it's interesting how Jesus addresses them. The word they use is for children. It's not the normal Greek address for children. It is a word that uh, can mean a young baby, but applied to Christians, and as it is a few times through the New Testament, means um, Christians who are immature in their faith or unstable uh, and uncertain of the foundation of their faith, and um, that they don't understand, that they lack understanding. So Jesus gives them, addresses them this way. They say, no, you know what, we don't, we don't have any uh, fish. And Jesus casts, tells them, cast the net. Remember, uh, this also uh, happened before in the Gospels. 
that Jesus uh, told them, hey, listen, do you have any fish? Nope, they haven't been able to catch a thing. And Jesus said, put your net on the other side of the boat. And they had fished all night, didn't catch anything. They were tired, and yet they obeyed Jesus, and they caught a multitude of fish. Well, that happens uh, yet again. And so Jesus is aware of our situation as well in life. God knows our struggles. He knows our failings. He knows our doubts and our questions. And he knows our uncertainties. And the thing is, is that while we're often prone to uh, think that God uh, is unnerved or threatened by that, this story reminds us that, listen, God knows right where we are, and he loves us. And he wants to be with us. And he's right there next to us. And so Jesus knows right exactly where we are. And Jesus knows exactly where you are today. And he knows the struggles that you're facing. He says, you know what, I'm right there with you. And so Jesus knew the disciples. He knew that they didn't have any fish. Um, and yet he... He asked just like you do any, you know, when you come across a fisherman, what, what do you ask? <laughs> Had any luck today? Or catching any? Are they biting? Um, and Jesus knew what the answer was going to be and gives them instructions. And so something else that that reminds us of is that Jesus knows not only where we are, but Jesus knows what we are. We so often miss uh, this in uh, the story, that Jesus knew exactly what uh, the disciples are. He knew that though they had walked with him for three years and that Jesus had invested uh, so much in these men, that they were still so uncertain and they were still questioning and they weren't quite where they needed to be in their faith yet. They hadn't rejected faith, but they were not where they ought to be either. And in fact, we find Peter. Uh, Peter, who is eagerly, uh, you know, uh, serving the Lord and was the first one often to speak and, and was the only one to defend Jesus when he came to be arrested. And yet, Jesus, as he prophesied, you know, the night before Jesus' arrest, you know, that before the arrest of Jesus, remember, they met in the upper room. And Jesus said to Peter, I tell you the truth, before the crow uh, calls, you will have denied me three times. And that's exactly what Peter did. He knew that these were his disciples, that they were called to be apostles. They were men that Jesus had called and invested his life and ministry in and had called them to be partners of his, and yet they, they were discouraged. But he also knew Peter's rejection and Peter's denial. And so he comes and he says to Peter, Peter, you know, he, they, breakfast and uh, breakfast is over. And and by the way, let me just point out something here. It's kind of free information. Notice that when they came back, there was a fire 
and there was fish on the grill. And yet Jesus said to the disciples, Bring me some of the fish that you have caught and bring them here. That, that's interesting. Uh, Jesus had already had the meal prepared, but wanted the disciples to bring some of what they had caught. So they ate breakfast, and then probably in front of the entire group, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And we miss in the English translation the force and the power of what Jesus was doing. There, in the Greek, there's many words for love. And in English, we have one word, but a lot of different senses. So Jesus comes and he asks him, Peter, do you agape love me? Agape love is selfless and self-giving love regardless of circumstances. That's the way that God loves us. And by the way, the way that God desires for us to love others. But it's this uh, sacrificing love. And Peter's response is, Lord, I love you in English, but in the Greek, what he says is, Lord, I have phileo for you. And phileo is the Greek word for brotherly love or affection. So he says, listen, I don't, you know, unreservedly and, you know, without uh, any conditions, without any selfishness, give everything I am to you. Rather, he says, I have brotherly affection for you. Now, that's not necessarily bad. Uh, we should have brotherly love and care and concern for other people, especially our, our family of faith. And so Jesus asks him a second time, Peter, do you agape me? I think Peter searches in his heart, and he answers, Lord, you know I phileo you. I brotherly love you. I have a family affection for you. And then Jesus again comes back, and this time he says, Peter, do you phileo, do you brotherly love me? And John tells us that Peter's heart was grieved because the Lord had asked him this third time, you phileo me? He didn't say, do you agape me? He said, do you phileo me? But he answered and he said, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you, that I have brotherly love for you. And so with each commission, Jesus gave a the direction, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. Why did he ask three times? Well, I think there's a couple things we need to note about these questions is that um, Jesus knew not only where the disciples were, he knew what they were. He knew their dad. He knew that Peter had rejected him just like he said that he was going to. He knew that that happened. 
And so asking it three times in front of the other disciples, I think was a reminder to Peter and the other disciples that Jesus loved them. And Jesus was able to give them forgiveness. And Jesus was able to restore them. Peter, remember, had denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And then he reminds us that there is this sense and that God knows where we're at. He knows what we are. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly of our life. And yet the gospel reminds us that yes, we are all fallen. And we all fall short of God's expectation. Paul says, listen, there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He goes on and he reminds us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus knew that these disciples would not have it all together. He knew that they did not always fully understand, but he also knew that they would be obedient to him and that they loved him and that they wanted to see his kingdom come. And you remember in that model prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then lastly, I want to remind us that Jesus not only knows where we are, and Jesus not only knows what we are, but he also knows how we are. G the there's several aspects of this that I want to address a couple of them uh, this morning. One, that Jesus knows uh, that they were discouraged. They knew that they wondered, and this they had just seen their best friend and their mentor, their Savior, lay his life down. And they went through the emotions and the grieving of that, and then three days later they went through the joy of Easter morning finding that Jesus was resurrected and they were left after Easter with this longing, this questioning within themselves, what are we going to do with the truths that we've just experienced? And they say, you know what, we need a break, we need to relax, we need to decompress and so they say, let's go fishing. They caught nothing. These were able and smart fishermen. They were capable fishermen, and yet they didn't catch a thing. But the next morning when they did as Jesus told them, they caught so many fish their nets could barely hold them all. 153 is a pretty good catch, and they weren't little tiny fish either. They were big fish. And so Jesus knew the disciples needed these constant reminders of the that they were not what they were supposed to be just yet but they were becoming something and he wanted the disciples to understand that they 
needed God's forgiveness just as much as anybody else did. He wanted them not to get a big swelled head, hey, I'm an apostle of Jesus. I walked with Jesus. And was taught by Jesus. And commissioned by Jesus himself. In person. And so I think they were a little bit discouraged. They were a little bit tired. They were a little bit uncertain. And when Jesus shows up and reminds them of the power of the gospel, reminds them of the kingdom that, he, that Jesus came and taught and preached and lived, And because Peter had been wonderfully restored, guess what was able to happen? Peter was able to go on the day of Pentecost. The next time we meet him is in Acts chapter 2. Or Acts chapter 1. And we find him in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And Peter's preaching this great and wonderful sermon. And thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the church is born and the world is uh, transformed and, and changed because of the truth of the gospel but Peter couldn't have proclaimed the truth of the gospel until he had truly found the forgiveness of a Savior Peter understood he was unworthy of God's grace. He understood that he was broken, that he was not perfect. But he also knew that Jesus said, You know what, Peter? I'm going to use you. You are mine. I have work for you to do. Go and feed my people. He was calling Peter to pastor and to proclaim his word and to care for God's people. But he couldn't really do that until he himself was broken. And not only broken, but put back together by the grace and mercy and love of our Lord. Jesus knew the truth of that great old hymn, Come Thou Found where the, the writer of that great hymn said, Lord, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Jesus knows how prone we as human beings are to wander away from Him. He knows our constant need for a reminder of His grace and mercy. But because Peter had experienced restoration, in a way that none of the other apostles, by the way, were had experienced. Peter knew what it was to reject the Lord. Not just question and not just doubt, but to deny Him. And even though that would be a major and serious thing, God came to Peter and said to Peter, Feed my sheep. Tend to my lambs. 
God uses imperfect, broken people because he wants to remind us in this world that God loves us and that God is in and able to repair and remake the brokenness of life. That's what the gospel is. And until you've experienced that brokenness, you really can't tell anybody else about it. But friend, if you know the redeeming grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then how can you do anything but proclaim that message to a world that's lost? Here, Peter had been given a fresh start. See, God takes us where we're at and he leads us on to where he wants us to be. He leads us from brotherly love to agape love because he reminds us as as John mentions, Jesus says to Peter, you know what, when you're young, you've kind of taken care of yourself, you've dressed yourself, and you've gone where you've wanted to go. But when you're old, people are going, you're going to be put in chains and taken someplace you don't want to go. And Peter was martyred for his faith. The other apostles were killed because of their faith in Jesus. Many uh, other believers throughout church history have been martyred for their faith simply because they and the reason they endured that and the reason they were willing to face that is because they knew firsthand that God was a lover of sinners and they knew firsthand that God was able to forgive and not only was God able to forgive but God was able to use Peter had committed a great and grievous sin. And yet Jesus forgave him. And Jesus gave him an important job to do. And the same can be true of us. But can, we really cannot do what God has for us to do until we're willing to put on the skin of the gospel. To realize that, hey, we're broken and we're not perfect and we don't have it all put together. And there's times when we fail the Lord, and yet He's there for us. And if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that we serve a God that is a God of fresh starts. Peter found that. And friend, if you, I hope, will find a fresh start as we start the year 2022. God bless you is my prayer. May God reveal himself to you more this year. And may he use you in ways that he's never used you before. And may he help you to grow as you've never grown before. Would we pray together? Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, we thank you that you're able to save us in spite of ourselves. And Lord, we recognize we're reminded that, Lord, hey, we once were lost, but now we're found. And we're reminded that even though we are found, that sometimes we wander away and we get lost again. We lose our path, and, and yet if we call out to you, you are faithful to restore us, to forgive us, and to continue to use us. Lord, maybe this is an encouragement 
to some today to remind us that, hey, listen, if we found a fresh start, if we found the, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we need to be sharing that message with others that, that they as well can be forgiven and restored and used. But Lord, maybe there's some here today that are listening and watching on YouTube or Facebook that they're broken and they're discouraged. And Lord, today they would need to call out to you and they say, Lord, I need a fresh start. Maybe it's a fresh start of beginning a new life, recognizing their sinfulness and their brokenness and calling out and surrendering that to you. Maybe it's recognizing that they've gotten off path. And they need to come to you and seek your forgiveness. And we're assured you do and will forgive us. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to proclaim the message of the gospel. Help us to embody this message of the gospel that Jesus loves the world. That he gave his only begotten son whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Help us to embody that truth and to live out that truth of the gospel. Thank you for that. And Lord, we pray for those that are sick. Lord, we pray your healing hand. We thank you. You're the great physician. Lord, we pray that you would comfort those that have lost loved ones and those that are hurting. Lord, we pray for other prayer requests that are mentioned and those that are unspoken. You know our hearts. You know where we're at. Lord, meet with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, and I hate that we were not able to uh, be in person today. Again, we hope to be in person Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as we continue our study of 1 Samuel. Um, be watching Facebook and our Faith Life group. Uh, for more information about those services uh, and next Sunday as we continue our Fresh Start series. God bless you. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you real soon, I hope.